Coming up in this podcast, uh, we discuss the markets this week, particularly the effect of the recent GDP figures and iron ore. Uh, We've got electricity reform, trucking sector, we've got retail property and office leasing, and we'll also have a good look at CEO salaries, our big uh, feature this week, where are they heading? Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News, with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Pownall. And I'm Mark Beyer. And together we'll be looking at the news of the week and what's coming up. So, Mark, how's the markets this week? What's been the big news? Well, look, the the main news this week was the GDP stats that came out on Thursday. Uh, GDP rose 0.9% in the September quarter. That was a surprisingly strong number nationally. uh, But for WA, it was a very weak number. State final demand actually fell. So... Two-speed economy, that's a term we used to use back in the resources boom days. We did, we did. It's now in reverse. When we were in the fast lane. That's right. Now, look, you know, it's, they were patchy numbers, um, but one of the issues there is is how strong exports are. And, of course, iron ore is one of the big ones. And we've had another week of uh, iron ore prices heading south. Um, $40.75 US per tonne. Ouch. Um, so that's uh, looking pretty ordinary. And uh, Matt McKenzie's done a piece in this week's uh, paper yep. where the outlook is not particularly promising. Yeah, so what does that mean? I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, on the ground, what does $40 mean? Is that survival? Most of the big... Well, certainly the big players will survive at that level. Um, and, of course, Roy Hill is the, the new player yep. um, that's getting close to their first shipment, but they've <laughs> you know hit a few more issues along the way. But, you know, they'll be having their first shipment uh, very, very soon. Right. Um, look, some of the smaller players um, are under real pressure, uh, particularly people carrying debt um, and who've been struggling to get costs out of the business. And just briefly, Roy Hill was meant to be, you know, one of the low-cost operators, but the suggestion is that they're going to really struggle to get to, down to that kind of level, at least whilst they're ramping up production. Is that right? Yeah, well, look, we've been surprised by how much cost some of all the other big players have taken out, particularly the Fortescues, um, along with BHP and Rio, who have always been more efficient. Yep. Um, so they've surprised us with how much they've achieved, um, and the challenge is now there for, for Roy Hill. Uh, to to bring down their costs as well. Fair enough. Well, let's bring it closer to home. Electricity, big issue. We've got a, an odd market here in WA, the the Southwest Interconnected System. It's a it's a large system in geographic area and a, a small power consumption in in global terms. Um, what is this? Been a couple of really big issues come out this week. Is it? Tell, yeah. tell me a bit about those. Well, look, Lyndon Rowe, Chairman of Synergy, um, he's been in that role a bit over a year and he's come out with his first major presentation um, since taking that role. And he's mapped out huge issues. Um, He used the term catastrophic as the potential outcome if reform isn't achieved. Um, The Southwest system has far too much capacity. He said about 1,000 megawatts of excess capacity. It's just phenomenal. Um, He said the tariff structure needs to change, both the level and type, um, the hot issue is people with solar PV. Yeah. Um, now they've all been encouraged. People have been encouraged to put on the solar PV. Yeah, they've got a good deal, haven't they? But that's created an issue yep. for the system, and there are sunk costs that somebody has to pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyndon's argument is that we need to change the pricing model. 
Um, and he says things are going to get worse because the next big innovation everyone talks about is battery storage. Yep. So people will be able to store their own power um, in their own property. Yep. So therefore, the whole network that we're traditionally used to will be fundamentally changed, um, but in a sense still needed. But, w- but, but what he's asking for is to, to shift some of the fixed costs to the solar people, right? There's 170,000, I think, solar people who've got this deal. That's a political nightmare, isn't it? Asking 170,000 people to pay more than they expected? Um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah right. it's, it's a tough ask. Um, the Energy Minister Mike Mahan was in the audience, and he's supportive of these sorts of changes. Yes. Um, but it's one thing for the minister to be... Uh, you know, in principle supportive, and then to actually get it through the government. And in the background, I know Saskia Pickles has written a piece for this week's paper around um, the other players in the market sort of concerned about um, the pricing that Synergy demands. Uh, how, what, what's your thoughts? What are you, what, what's sort of that story? Yep, and look, that's something that Lyndon addressed in his presentation as well. Um, there's been a lot of accusations that Synergy has too much market power. Mm-hmm. Um, now, his view is that it actually should be broken up into two. That's the long-term reform agenda that he wants. Uh, but he also insists that they're not abusing their market power at the moment. And yet Saskia is reporting that a lot of other people have gone to the ACCC um, and that they're now starting to look into it. Yeah, right. So we'll watch this space. Yep. So trucking. There's been some M&A activity in the transport and logistics world. Is that right? Yep. Look, I mean, we reported um, on the most recent transaction, Gold Star Transport. Um, they've picked up the major assets from West Transport. Um, and look, it's one more example of a sector that's been hit really hard mm-hmm. by the downturn in, in mining construction activity. Yes. Um, the volume of work has fallen away. The margins have been squeezed. And it's that classic story, the ones that have fallen over were the people that had big debt. Yep. And in particular, these were people that expanded aggressively into the Pilbara, um, acquired properties, took on debt, and then when things got tougher, they yeah. couldn't survive. And presumably have a lot of new trucks that they're paying off as well, are they? Um, new trucks. Um, and, and But, yeah, properties up in the Pilbara. Oh, yeah, okay, that right. was a real killer. Top dollar. Um, so, you know, Chameleon went under uh, last year and West Transport now. And... Yep. and I'm talking to people and there's a lot more pain out there. All right. Well, we'll again, watch that space. But uh, it's a tough one, I think. that that is a. It's not the canary in the coal mine, that sector, but it's certainly, um, you know, one of the areas that you do see topple over a little bit after. Once the mining services guys have pulled back, the next one is the trucking guys, I think. Um, all right. Now, we've got a couple of property stories. Uh, Dan Wilkie's written about retail property expansions yep. at shopping centres. He's wondering whether some of these are actually going to go ahead. Is that right? Yeah, look, Dan runs through. There's about nine big expansion projects at a lot of Perth's you know, really big shopping centres, Carousel, Up, Whitford's, etc. Um, and we're talking several billion dollars, mm. um, but they're not happening just yet. Right. Um, so they've got and, permission to do it. Yep. They've said they're going to do it, but they haven't actually started yet. That's right. Yeah, right. um, so just, you know, we anticipate certainly some of these will happen, yep. um, but it says something about the, the current environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to do a big expansion, you need to attract a lot of uh, shopkeepers and a lot of uh, customers. Correct, right. Um, so it, it's a big ask in yep. this current market if environment. people aren't spending and your shopkeepers are already struggling, you can, you can hardly justify. But then again, you have to refresh your offer too, don't you, to, to get new customers in. Well, and look, that's a nice segue to the other property story this <laughs> cool. week. Um, I did that then. Office leasing. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Dan got some uh, some really good market intelligence about the kind of uh, incentives that are being offered. Yes. Um, in particular, at Exchange Tower, uh, one of the accounting firms has moved in there. Um, the tip he's got is that they've gone in rent-free for five years yeah. on top of the fit-out yep. and on top of all the improvements they've made to the property, end-of-trip facilities and so on. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's a beneficiary. If you're a tenant in the CBD, there's some fantastic deals on offer. Absolutely. And I have to say, I had a conversation last night at an event I was at with someone who was in, um, well, we won't say which tower, but it sounded like a similar story. And 20 years, they went into a tower 20 years on really similar incentives. And now they're paying top dollar. And they're kind of, you know, they're trying to work out what they're going to do next. But, you know, I can see with these buildings are long-term businesses and, you know, they've got to get people in and hope that in the good times, the next round of good times, they get they get their money, they get their money back then, I suspect. Yep. Now, look, big story um, this week, CEO salaries. You've done a lot of work around that. It's a CEO and executive remuneration survey that we've done from Recollection since 2004. Um, CEO salaries, where are they heading? Yep, look, really interesting. Um, certainly there's a lot of pressure on businesses to bring down salary costs, and that's starting to extend to chief executives, mm-hmm. um, particularly at the smaller and mid-cap end of the market. Um, you know, a lot of the little mining companies and exploration companies and the contractors and so on. Yep. Um, but one thing I found interesting is that that, that downward pressure it's actually been quite modest. Mm-hmm. It hasn't spread sort of right across the business sector. Um, and there's still a lot of people out there who are making a very tidy income. Yeah. Um, you know, we've gathered um, you know, a huge amount of data on, on listed companies in Western Australia. Uh, we publish highlights in the paper for, um, I think, a bit over 100 companies. Um, and there's a lot more on our website. Yes. Um, but, gee, there's still some people out there, particularly at the bigger end of town. Um, they've had pay freezes but not many at that end of the market have had pay cuts. Yep. And then when you add the bonuses are still being paid, um, and I think our latest figure, 75 people in Perth earned a million dollars or more yep. last year. Yep, yep. And that's pretty similar to the year before, correct? Yes. Yep. It's down from the peak from a few years ago. Yep. Um, but it's still a lot of people in town. It's a good benchmark. Do, doing pretty comfortably. How many how many salary millionaires do we have? I like that benchmark. And I go, again, I remember we did some numbers yesterday. 20, there were twenty two in in two thousand and four. You know, so we've gone substantially above that. Having said that, you know, a million dollars in two thousand and four was worth more than it was today. So they're not quite as rich as they were in two thousand and four, but there's a lot more of them. All right. Well, I think uh, that's all we've got time for. Um, hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, don't forget to get on and have a look at our uh, CEO and executive remuneration table in BNIQ. From recollection, there's about 2,500 salaries on there, including directors. So uh, please go and have a look and see you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Bayer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash